going on, everyone? Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I'm your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I am joined here today by Kyle Sapi. He can be found on Twitter at Kyle Sapi PFN. Here for Week 8 ma- Matchup Previews Podcast. Sapi, how are you today on this fine Friday morning? I'm doing good. There's something about Fridays. Like, it's dark, it's dreary, it's rainy here, but Fridays are good. You just had a football game. It's like an appetizer to a good good week ahead we've got early game and early game next week so we'll get back to that in a week's time but i'm, I'm looking forward to this we're hit the we're at like the midway point in the fantasy season so in theory we're supposed to get rolling here i will say it is dark dreary and rainy here as well and uh it is 8:50 a.m and i'm already on my second cup of coffee so cheers ladies and gentlemen let's get into this one guys let's talk through some thursday night football takeaways here We're not going to run through every single player. It's a game that pretty much kind of went according to script for the most part. So I will say, let's focus in, though, on Dalton Kincaid. With Dawson Knox landing on IR, Dalton Kincaid got the opportunity as the only tight end here in this Buffalo Bills offense last night, and he delivered. What are we expecting here from Dalton Kincaid moving forward? Was this the breakout performance that puts him into the top five tight ends rest of season, or do we still need to kind of temper our expectations? How are we valuing Dalton Kincaid? Top five is a little strong for me. I think we've got a pretty secure top six, seven-ish, but he's in the top 10 for me. He's fighting with the Darren Wallers, the Dell Scotters for weekly value here, in my opinion. I think that there's still some downside that comes with this, but like you said, knocks out, opens up this avenue. We saw Shakir with the big target game last week. I don't know how often that's going to stick. So to me, you've got a clear-cut number three option in this offense. Number two, when you get Gabe Davis, Gabe Davising the other way. It was in the good way on Thursday night. It's going to go the other way just as often. So his role's locked into an offense we trust that's going to move the ball through the air. It was funny. Last night in our Slack DM, I messaged that it looks like it's going to be one of those nights for Gabe Davis. And I said, the beauty of Gabe Davis is that it could mean anything. You, Anyone who's not watching the game, and I sent that sentence to you, would be like, what does that mean? Does that mean that it is a one or six target, one reception for six yard game? Or is that a 11 target for nine receptions, 97 yards and a touchdown, whatever it was here for Gabe Davis here, an absolutely solid performance. I'm, I'm in agreement here with Dalton Kincaid that I don't think that we need to put him into the top five category just yet. However, we saw the talent level that we saw at Utah come through here last night, that beautiful route on the sideline, go up and high point the football over Levante David. Absolutely incredible play here. And then, of course, the touchdown, the speed and athleticism that we can see in space. Dalton Kincaid's got it here. So I do think that the upside is there. However, I'm not putting him into the top five category just yet. Guys, the NFL keeps moving and Superdraft has an exclusive free play to win up to 100 times your entry for PFN listeners. Imagine this Dak Prescott's current line is 0.5 passing yards. But wait, there is more. Sign up now and score an instant $20 deposit bonus on deposits of $20 or more when you use the promo code PFN. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to smash a winning player prop entry. Claim your free play and bonus today with the link right here in your podcast or YouTube show description. Everything that we are about to talk through here, every single player, every single game can be found in the week eight cheat sheet. Maybe we don't go as in depth into a player that you have on your roster as you would like, be found over at pfnfantasy.com. Kyle Sapi's Week 8 Cheat Sheet runs through every single player in every single game. 20,000 plus words here every single week for you. An absolutely phenomenal article. Make sure to check that out at pfnfantasy.com. And additionally, too, we are recording this, like I said, 8.50 a.m. Eastern on Friday morning. We do not have Friday practice reports. There are a lot of players that are on the injury report here that will alter a lot of our fantasy analysis here for this week. So 
news.pfnfantasy.com our news tracker is an absolutely incredible tool that you need to stay glued to here throughout the rest of the day and then come back on sunday morning to youtube.com pfnfantasy where you can get our sunday morning starts at live streams here with all the latest information Let's get right into this one. Los Angeles Rams at the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys minus six here. Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, both of these guys within the top 12 quarterbacks for you? No, thank you. I'll, I'll move on. They both have star receivers. Like, I don't I don't knock that, but with no teams on a bye, I don't think you need to go this low. All right, Matthew Stafford is intriguing to me, but he's outside the top 12 quarterbacks. Dak Prescott, man, I the opportunity is there, but I just can't get on board. I mean, you're in that range of rankings, though, where it's like, are you going to go Russell Wilson? Are you going to go Dak Prescott? Are you going to go Matthew Stafford or Jordan Love? Like, I've got Dak at 12 on the week. I've got Matthew Stafford wow. at 13. So I do think that you wow, can look okay. their way because it's other. otherwise then you're going with Jordan Love, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, Bryce Young. Those are the next guys in my quarterback rankings. It gets go gross here pretty quick. I do think that you can look their way. However, I'm not expecting those guys to be top five finishes at the end of the week here with those these respective matchups as we look at the running back position here let's talk about the backfield for the los angeles rams daryl henderson royce freeman how are you approaching this backfield here in week eight i still think this is henderson's gig i get that it was pretty close last week and i don't have a country mile between the two but i do have henderson as a reasonable flex and freeman kind of on the outside looking in at the flex position here henderson he scored last week less efficient but he's been with this team for five years the team knows what he's doing knows what he's here he knows the system a lot better than Royce Freeman does to me I don't understand why they would you can't justify having two viable running backs in an offense where every single pass goes to Nakua or Cup and those passes are just more valuable than rush attempts so I don't I wouldn't get carried away here but like I said Henderson running back 25 for me he's a he's the low end of running back like leading ball carriers on their teams behind him you've got you know committee types and you've got zach moss and you've got miles sanders who might no right. longer be the guy so running back 25 for me i feel okay about plugging him in i'm not excited but i think he does enough to kind of justify playing him daryl henderson at rb 28 on the week okay. for me so i'm right in that same range as you and then royce freeman well down the board this is a tougher matchup against the dallas cowboys right. defense but i think the volume will be there for henderson as we look at the other side of things tony pollard is locked into starting lineups here at the wide receiver position cooper cup puka nakua they're into starting lineups i I'm interested to see, does this target share continue for Puka Nakua here, or do we start to see yeah. things balance out? Really, really impressive here, but you got to get both into your starting lineups. CD Lamb, locked into starting lineups still. Do we have any level of concern here for Lamb? No, and I'm going to be stubborn here. I'll buy on Lamb. I'll buy on Pollard. Like, these stud Cowboys, I don't think they have much on their offense, but what they have is elite. Hasn't shown that way through seven weeks. I'm willing to buy low. You're starting CD Lamb if you got him. If not... I'm sending trade offers for him and Pollard. All right. And then as we look at the tight end position here, Tyler Higby not on the fantasy radar anymore. Jake Ferguson. Are we confidently starting Jake Ferguson here? He's a top 12 tight end for me. Yeah, I've got him at 14, so I'm a little lower than you. I've Again, I don't want to double down on this offense if I don't have to. If we're worried about CeeDee Lamb providing consistent production as the alpha in this offense, and then Tony Pollard's got to eat, he's going to get his looks. Jake Ferguson's a little further down the board. He's in the Taysom Hill, Logan Thomas range for me, which is like, hey, if you if you need it, and you might. It's a tight end position. I'm not gonna there's no such thing as a bad right. play at the tight end position, but he's not in my top twelve. Right. I would I was going to preface it by saying too, Jake Ferguson 
at tight end 12 on the week here for me and within one gigantic tier. So you can look his way. The target volume is there, but not confident in what you're going to get here. It is the tight end position in fantasy football. Let's make a pick here in this one. Cowboys minus six. Where are you going here? I'll be a little different here. McCarthy, very good off the bye. Give me the Cowboys laying the points. All right, I'm going to go the Rams here on the other side of things here. We got to differentiate because we both went down with the ship last week. So I'm going to differ from you quite a bit here this week. All right, Vikings versus the Packers here. Vikings minus one and a half. Kirk Cousins coming off of a fantastic performance here on Monday Night Football against the San Francisco 49ers. Locked into starting lineups for me, a solid option here in this one. Jordan Love has fallen off a cliff. However, at the same time has been... A top 12 quarterback for fantasy football, just getting it done, but it is gross production here. I don't think that you can confidently look his way in this one. Do you agree? I do. I've got him a quarterback 13, so I guess that's that's not complete and utter disrespect here, but he's got a lot of Blake Bortles vibes to him. This team isn't playing well. It looks terrible, and for some reason, he's producing fantasy points. He missed a pass by so much. It was good last week. <laughs> to me, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors here with Jordan Love. Like you said, he's getting it done, but I'd rather roll the dice on Joe Burrow. I'd rather roll the dice on a guy like Bryce Young coming off the bye in a decent spot. There's different chances. I, I'm a betting on Jordan Love is a trust flaw I'm not willing to do. Right. All right, let's talk about the backfields here because there is a lot to unpack with these respective backfields. We look at Minnesota here. Alexander Madison, Cam Akers. Last week, we saw Alexander Madison as the main option in this backfield to begin the game. And then as we moved into the second half, we really started to see Cam Akers take over. However, it is worth noting that final, one of the final plays before halftime, Alexander Madison got banged up a little bit. He was slow to come off the field. And I do wonder if that played a role in the carry split here for Cam Akers, especially being trusted down the stretch. How are you approaching this backfield, though? Because there is a possibility that Cam Akers has started to take over this backfield. Yeah, and they mentioned that on the broadcast. It's it's one of those situations, and we've got, I don't know, three or four of them. Two of them might be in this game where it's a hot hand situation where it's hard to project going in. It's like, oh, yeah, it's 50-50 going in, and that's what you would project because that's that's the mean outcome. But it would, would it shock you if either guy got 70% of the work? It, it right. wouldn't to me. To me, right now, I'm sticking with Madison until proven otherwise. Like you said, he got banged up a little bit. Maybe that's to to blame a little bit. But, I mean, he's got the equity in this backfield. They did bring in Cannon Makers, but they spent very little on him. We, we talked about that at the time. I have Alexander Madison right around where I have Daryl Henderson. He's my running back 26 for me. Cam Makers is down in the A.J. Dillon, Royce Freeman range where it's like, uh, he's a secondary guy that could get first work, first team reps. But, to me, he's still the second in command. We are, we have officially reached the point where we've hosted and done podcasts together enough where you're starting to read my brain because the exact question that I was going to ask was Alexander Madison or Daryl Henderson this week. You answered it for me. We're getting there, Soppy. We're getting there. Uh, Let's talk about the Green Bay Packers here. Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon. Aaron Jones, man. I mean, Uh, this has been so frustrating for Aaron Jones fantasy managers. I'm one of them. I've got him in a couple of leagues here. What do we do with Aaron Jones this week? I mean, we can get out of this by just saying, oh, yeah, he's a low-end running back too, high-end flex, and hedge it that way. And that that's probably right, but you're not going to feel good about this. And fantasy is an emotional game. Like, he has burned you. We saw him play. We saw him be inactive. We saw the bye week. And then he comes back, and he's still limited. I don't really have a grasp on his health at this point right. or what they're, or, or that the Packers do. I mean, A.J. Dillon has literally done nothing to earn work, and he's getting more work than Aaron Jones at this point. That tells me that Aaron Jones isn't right because – A.J. Dillon's not doing anything to earn those reps, so it's got to be something that Jones is giving back. I've got him at running back 23, and I'm not at all confident in that. You could drop him below 
Amari Demarcado if you wanted to. Like, I, I get it. The Demarcado matchup's tough, but at least we we think we know his role. And even him, who the hell knows? But Aaron Jones, right. for me, he's he's behind guys like Gus Edwards, Rashad White from last night. Like, that's kind of the tier I'm in, the questionable running back one tier. Uh, to summarize Soppy's entire argument there was the shrug emoji. We have no idea what to do with Aaron Jones. I've got him at RB19 on the week here. I am monitoring closely the practice reports here from today. If we do see him get in a full practice, then I will move Aaron Jones slightly up my rankings. If he gets in another limited practice or somehow misses practice again today because he did return yesterday, mm -hmm. then I will be dropping Aaron Jones down my rankings. This is one. Make sure to come back on Sunday for the start sit live streams. Let's go to the wide receiver position here. Jordan Addison, man, uh, what a performance here this past week. Looks like he is the wide receiver one clearly in this offense. I think that he's got to be locked into starting lineups here this week. KJ Osborne not doing enough to get into anything more than just a flex option. As we look at the Green Bay Packers wide receivers here, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed. Uh, it feels like every single week there's just one that you just like you just spin the wheel and you're like, uh, it's no oh, Jaden Reed week. You know, like it just have no idea which one's it gonna be, which one it's going to be. What are we doing here with the Packers wide receivers? Yeah, I mean they're the bizarro 49ers. When the 49ers are all right, we're like, oh yeah, one guy's gonna get left off. Two will really produce in a highway, but I'm gonna be dead wrong on one guy. On this one, you tank everybody, and you're going to be dead wrong on one guy too. So, I mean, I'm going to have Christian Watson higher. It seems like he's healthy with the knee. He's cleared all practice reports and all that good stuff. He has the upside. He has a one-play upside. We saw the 70-plus yard catch not too long ago. So that's there. And I'm still not sold on Minnesota's defense being any great shakes. I know they look good against the 49ers last week, but now you get a short week. You get a defense that isn't that great going on the road to Lambeau. Like, I see where the dots could connect, and maybe you take a DFS flyer or something like that, but they're outside the starting range for me, partly because I don't trust Jordan Love. And even if I did, I don't know where those targets are going. Right. Yeah. Uh, all these guys outside of the top 40 wide receivers on the week here for me currently, I just I can't trust can't trust them. Uh, as we look at the tight ends here, TJ Hawkinson obviously locked into starting lineups, and it looks like Luke Musgrave is gearing up to miss this game. Vikings minus one and a half here. I'm going to take the Packers here in this one, and it feels absolutely gross. Where are you going? Yeah, I'll go the other way and take the Vikings. I haven't seen anything from Green Bay that would make me think that they keep this game super close, other than the Vikings just, they're the Chargers, and every game's close. So the Vikings <laughs> hit a late field goal. Well, I'll say they win by two. How's that? All right. All right. Uh, Atlanta Falcons at the Tennessee Titans here. Falcons minus two and a half in this one. Desmond Ritter and the streaming radar. We're going to see Will Levis most likely in this one. Uh, let's go to the running backs here. Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson, illness, headache, whatever it was here. It looks like he's going to be all systems go here for this week. Are you confidently just putting him right back into your starting lineup? I mean, you have to, right? I understand it's a tough matchup and you've got the scar tissue from last week, but there's no way you have three running backs assuming the flex position better than Bijan right. Robinson on your roster I, I understand if you want to dip him in the ranks a little bit but he's not getting outside the top 20 by any means probably not outside the top 15 for most people to me Bijan's a fine play all right and then as we look at the Titans backfield here coming off of the bye Derrick Henry Tajay Spears this might be legitimately Derrick Henry's final game as a member of I the know. Tennessee Titans we'll see how the trade deadline shakes out here but what are we doing here with this backfield? Derrick Henry, Tajay Spears, how are we approaching it? I've still got Henry as a starter. He's below Bijan, but he's still inside my top 20. So I, I'm going that direction. The touchdown equity is there. Maybe a change of quarterback revamps this offense to some degree. They're not going to be explosive, but maybe they're not wretched. You know, like, or insert right. better word. I'm not an English major. I don't have those big <laughs> words in my uh, in my bag here. But 
I, to me, the volume's going to be there. Even if he's splitting share, splitting snaps, which we've seen all season, he's basically touching the ball in every single snap. So if he's getting half the snaps, that's still good for 15 to 20 touches. He's still Derrick Henry. To me, that's good enough to be a top 20 back. Yeah, right now, Derrick Henry for me, RB16 on the week. Tyjay Spears at RB42. I am not playing Tyjay Spears here this week. However, I am if he is out there on the waiver wire. I'm picking him up and I am stashing him here because of the potential. We've talked about him nonstop on waiver wire podcasts and all that sort of stuff. Like the potential of what he brings here to carve out a role coming out of the bye. If Derrick Henry is traded, Tyjay Spears needs to be picked up absolutely everywhere. As we look at the wide receivers here, Drake London. You had him as a start of the week option, if I remember correctly, on our Start Sit podcast. How are we feeling about Drake London this week? I mean, you got to go that direction, right? He's seen at least seven targets in four straight games. This offense is trending in the right direction, and we know it's a pass funnel in Tennessee. All signs seem to be pointing that way. There's no real competition at the wide receiver position for targets at the very least. I understand your guy, Johnu Smith, and then you've got Kyle Pitts there subtracting from the bottom line at the tight end position. But still, he's a top 30 guy for me. I'm playing him across the board. I've got him plugged in on DFS situations. This could be the week that we want from London, that we, we've we spent well, a year and a half waiting for kind of thing. I get right. that he's had spikes here and there. But to me, I'm playing him over Calvin Ridley this week. Okay. Geez, Soppy. I literally had it teed up. Would you go Calvin Ridley or would you go Drake London this week? That is absolutely insane. Uh, Let me ask another one. Would you go Drake London or would you go Cortland Sutton up against the Kansas City Chiefs? I've got Sutton two spots higher. So you're in the right ballpark here. Sutton is, I mean, he's the wide receiver one in Denver right now. We haven't seen Jerry Judy put up a top 30 week this season. So Sutton in a catch up spot against Kansas City by a couple of spots. Not much. Listen, you said, you know, this is the game that we've potentially been waiting a year and a half for and all that sort of stuff. It's Arthur Smith. This is going to be a game where he gets one target for any reels and one reception for five yards. I've got Drake London at wide receiver 35 on the week. I get the path is there. It's just I still can't trust. Uh, I do think that he's worth plugging in if you're in need of a wide receiver three option. However, I am a little bit more hesitant here with Drake London. And then as we look at the Tennessee Titans here, we talked about DeAndre Hopkins. Traylon Burks is going to be back here for this game most likely. I mean, at this point, you stay far away from the Tennessee Titans wide receiver room. I'm excited to see what Will Levis can do. Maybe my pre-draft evaluation was wrong on him. Uh, We'll see what he can do here, but I am not trusting the wide receivers here this week for fantasy football. As we look at the tight end position here for Atlanta, Kyle Pitts, Jonu Smith. I think that we, I said on last week's podcast that, listen, I'm finally getting Kyle Pitts back into my starting lineup and my dynasty roster. So if he has a down week, we know exactly who to blame. Uh, And it wasn't a great week here for Kyle Pitts. And now he's back onto my bench in my fantasy uh, dynasty roster. So what do we do here? Kyle Pitts, Johnny Smith, how are we approaching this? Yeah, I mean, it's still Pitts for me. It was a top 10 tight end the two weeks prior when you benched him. So if you're benching him now, I'm I'm trusting the trends, if nothing else. If that's the avenue to evaluating the tight end position in Atlanta, then I'm here for it. So just follow Kyle Yates on Twitter, figure out what he's doing, ask him all the Kyle Pitts questions, and then just flip it. It's it's that simple. It's uh, science at this point. Uh, Let's make a pick here. Uh, Well, I'll I'll say context. Kyle Pitts, tight end nine on the week for me. Johnny Smith, tight end 15. So both of them, you can absolutely look their way. However, again, it's the tight end position in fantasy football. You have absolutely no idea what you're going to get. Falcons minus two and a half. Where are you going here? I'm not laying points with Desmond Ritter on the road. I understand it, but this game's going to be... 17 16 one way or the other so i'll take the points for the titans 
Oh, I'll go Falcons. I do not trust Will Levis. Again, I hope that I'm wrong. My pre-draft evaluation is wrong, but I do not trust Will Levis. I will go with the Falcons here, and that feels absolutely gross. Uh, Patriots versus the Dolphins here. Dolphins minus nine and a half in this one. Let's talk about the quarterback position here to Tonga Bailoa in the tough matchup up against the New England Patriots in the starting lineups. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you've still, as long as this Tyreek Hill stuff isn't a major concern, and even if it was, he'd be on the fringe anyway, but it sounds like Tyreek Hill is going to be a go. Waddle's a go. Mostert, we don't know yet, but they have too much explosive talent. They're going to be leading this game to me, or to a top 12 guy for me this week. All right, let's talk about the running backs here. Ramondre Stevenson. What are we doing here with Ramondre Stevenson? I mean, if you have the opportunity to punt him to the moon, I would, but you don't because it's a running back position. He's a little below the Daryl Henderson, Aaron Jones conversation we were having earlier. I've got him right next to Damian Pierce. So I, I feel like I've had those two kind of joined at the hip for a month now. So those guys, Brian Robinson, Alexander Madison's a little above them, but not by much. So Stevenson, if you have to, you play him, but hopefully you don't have to. Maybe you picked up a Gus Edwards, a Daryl Henderson, uh Deonta Foreman, guys like that, all I prefer to Ramondre Stevenson. Again, the absurdity of that sentence that you would go back to beginning of the year, right? Ramondre Stevenson being drafted as a top 15 running oh, back yeah. or whatever it was off the board. And, oh, if you have Daryl Henderson or Deonta <laughs> Foreman, make sure to start them over uh, Ramondre Stevenson this week. I agree with you. I've got Ramondre Stevenson outside the top 24 running backs on the week. I would bench him if I have the opportunity. Let's talk about the Dolphins backfield here. Raheem Mostert, we don't have clarity yet on his status here for this week. Now, again, news tracker, you know, news.pfnfantasy.com. Come back to the Start Sit live streams on Sunday morning on youtube.com slash pfnfantasy. For the latest updates here, let's assume that Raheem Mostert plays. It might not be at 100%. Are you still confidently starting Raheem Mostert here? Yeah, it's a game flow thing. I think they'll be playing from ahead. So, I mean, that definitely helps the upside. And again, you're looking at this gross tier of running back two slash flex plays that I prefer him over just because of the position the offense is going to put him in. So I'd put him a little bit higher than the Ramondre Stevenson bar we just set. So I've got him fringe top 20. He's a running back too for me. All right. And then if Raheem Mostert cannot play, would you be looking at Jeff Wilson here in this matchup? I, I, we're going to go back to Ramondre Stevenson. I would have Wilson just under a guy like Stevenson. Stevenson at least offers the pass catching upside, we think, or at least we've seen it lately in a game script that should be favorable. Jeff Wilson, we saw him debut, and I get it. He played seven snaps and ran seven routes. They're not exactly in a hurry to load him down with work here. If you're telling me I get 12 touches for Jeff Wilson and I'm going to get 15 to 17 for Ramondre, I would rather Ramondre in a spot like that. Yep, I agree with you here. That will be a situation to monitor, obviously, as we just said, as we come up on to Sunday. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, they're into starting lineups here this week. No Patriots wide receivers outside of a flyer. I said this last week on Kendrick Bourne is a flex option at the very best. And then Hunter Henry not on the tight end radar. Let's make a pick here for this one. Dolphins minus nine and a half in this one. Oh man, I'm gonna go the I'm gonna go the Patriots on this side of things because of that spread. I just do not have confidence to in the Dolphins in minus nine and a half. Where are you going here? You know how this is gonna go. We're both gonna go 500 and split the picks down the middle because we went different on every single yep. game. I'll say the Dolphins by a million. They win something like <laughs> 31 to nine. 
Hey, we said that last week about the Bills at minus eight and a half. I was like, the Bills need to have a That's larger true. spread. This is ridiculous. And then they lost outright. So uh, let's go Jets versus the Giants here. Zach Wilson, Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor. We're not talking about any of those quarterbacks. Let's move on to the running back position here. Brees Hall. How are we valuing Brees Hall coming into this matchup? I think he's got to be locked and loaded, right? I mean, the Giants are a bottom 10 run defense. You've got Brees Hall averaging seven yards per touch for the month of October. All systems go here. He's getting the work. It's a good matchup. It's still an offense that's going to be allergic to throwing the ball because they largely can't. This isn't going to be a pretty game, but if if it's on the ground, I expect New York, the Jets to handle their business here. Give me Brees Hall as a top 15 play. I like him in DFS too. Yep, I will agree with you there. I've got Brees Hall within the top 12 of my running back rankings here go. this week. I think that he is locked in a starting lineup. Saquon Barkley, anything that we need to be wary of here with Saquon Barkley or we're getting him right back into our starting lineups? Yeah, I mean, you can be wary all you want. It's just like the tight end position. Like, am I nervous about Darren Waller? It's like, yeah, but who in the world are you playing over him? Right. Saquon Barkley, same idea. If I've got him at running back 12. Who are you telling me you're going to go all the way down in the ranks and say, uh, oh, yeah saddle me up for some Gus Edwards over Saquon right. this week no no thank right. you they're gonna keep this game close Saquon gets his 15 to 20 touches and breaks one of them long we know the Saquon trajectory the fantasy football mantra of start your studs Saquon Barkley at RB11 on the week here for me as well Garrett Wilson coming off the bye what are we doing with Garrett Wilson here with Zach Wilson as his quarterback yeah I mean you mentioned it there's enough kind of emerging talent to keep Garrett Wilson outside my top 30 like Josh down the Josh's Josh down and Josh Palmer I've got over him I still have him just under this Calvin Ridley line that we were kind of drawing here under the Drake London bar so he's wide receiver 35 for me he's not that much different than DJ Moore this week all right I have Garrett Wilson at wide receiver 24 on the week Ooh. here so I am a little bit more confident in the talent level there of Garrett Wilson and that getting through here uh and you know but at the same time, it's not supreme confidence. Otherwise, I would have him as a top 15 play here. I'm Garrett Wilson over those guys that you mentioned here, but again, not full, full confidence. As we look at the Giants side of things here, Wandale Robinson has started to emerge as a viable option here. What are we doing with Wandale Robinson? Oh, yeah, he's viable in a top 45, top 50 kind of way. Like, you're not going this way unless it's two-point PPR in a 16-team league. Maybe I could talk you there. The upside's just not there. Like, the floor, I understand if he's going to get his six or seven targets and catch four to six passes. I get the thought process, but with no teams on a bye, you don't need to go this low. And then Darren Waller into starting lineups here because he's Darren Waller. Uh, final question for this game. Will you be watching this game, Soppy? I mean, I'm in Connecticut. They're, they're kind of the local team, so they end up on a TV around here. I, I won't be paying attention to it. Will, will it be on? Will the volume be on? No. Will it be on a screen? Probably, but that's because of the job, not the desire. Oh, man. All right. Jets versus the Giants here. Jets minus three. Where are you going? Yeah, I mean, I'll take the points just because this would be another one of those ugly games. Give me the Giants and Saquon. Oh, yep. I'm going to take no. No, got to be different on everyone. No, no, well, no, that's not the thought process. It was, am I betting on Daniel Jones? That made me stop real quick. I'm going to go the Jets here. But that, again, I'm betting on Zach Wilson at that point. That doesn't feel great. Uh, Let's go back up the board here to the Saints at the Indianapolis Colts here in this one. Colts minus one and a half. Derek Carr, outside of the top 15 quarterbacks, however, in a super flex league, I do think is intriguing here. Gardner Minshew has been getting it done, but two rushing touchdowns last week. I am not willing to look his way in this one. Uh, are Yeah, you're in agreement there outside of the top 15 quarterbacks? Yeah, I think if I'm taking a DFS flyer on one, it'd be Carr over Minshew. 
Yes. Okay. All right. And then as we look at the running backs here, Alvin Kamara, Jamal Williams, let's talk about the Saints backfield. How are we approaching that this week? I mean, you call it a backfield, but one of them is a freaking receiver back there. I mean, I do right. think this he gives up some of this work sooner or later. He can't be averaging 25 plus targets a game for the or touches for the entire season. So I think Jamal Williams is a name to keep stashed. You can't play him right now because of the volume for Kamara. But if this begins to regress and Kamara is getting something like like his career trajectory, I don't know, somewhere in the range of 14 carries and six targets instead of 20 and 10 or whatever he's been doing lately. So Williams, a good stash for me, but nobody you can play right now. All right. And then as we look at the other side of the ball in the backfield, Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss, how are we approaching the Colts running backs here? Zach Moss dealing with a little bit of an injury here. We'll monitor that as we move into the weekend. But Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss, how are we splitting this guy, these guys up from a fantasy standpoint? I've got Taylor inside my top 20 and Moss just outside my top 30. I, I was kind of wrong on this last week and thinking that Taylor would just take over this role in earnest. And maybe I'm going to be wrong again, but I do think it's coming sooner rather than later. New Orleans, not a bad defense, but this offense goes through the running game to set up the passing game. Obviously, Minshew, this Minshew mania stuff is crazy. I mean, there's so many points being scored in Colts games right now. I want a piece of that, and I want a piece of it with the lead back, who I think is Jonathan Taylor still. It is a tough matchup. New Orleans Saints allowing just the fourth fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs so far this season. However, Jonathan Taylor at RB15 on the week here for me. Zach Moss at RB32. So we look at the wide receivers here. Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Rashid Shahid break down the Saints wide receiver room for me. I mean, it's getting to be a headache. I'm going to trust the volume with Olave and go that direction. Talked about him on the DFS podcast and potentially stacking him with Carr and Kamara to just get all of the offense in New Orleans and hope that that's a big number. So I get that. Chris Olave is my wide receiver 13. It's about as low as I've had him. You gotta, you gotta stick this out though. 15 targets isn't going to be a disappointment most weeks. It was last week. I get it in the car experience isn't a fun one right now but Chris Olave needs to be started Michael Thomas we saw him get the end zone looks scores to me there's still not enough ceiling like the volume is there some weeks some weeks it's not and then you get the touchdown so he's always in the same range for fantasy production and that's that's a flex an unappealing flex play if you're a favorite I love plugging in Michael Thomas like that is what it is but if you're an underdog trying to make up ground a guy like Rashid Shahid on a fast turf on the inside track makes some sense here I'm not going either way if I don't have to, but I, I would go the floor of Thomas if you're a favorite. Yeah, well, I'll put that into context here. Chris Olave, wide receiver, 14 on the week for me. Michael Thomas at 43, and then Rashid Shahid at 48. We have seen the Indianapolis Colts surrender a ton of fantasy points to the wide receiver one. We saw DeAndre Hopkins go off on him just a couple weeks ago. So I do think that this is a bounce back spot for Chris Olave. On the other side of things here, Michael Pittman Jr., Josh Downs, I think both need to be in the starting lineups this week. Do you agree? Yeah, I still have Pittman over Downs, but that, that line is blurring awfully quick here. Pittman, my, he's inside my top 25. Downs just misses my top 30. So they're right there in the same kind of tier that we've been talking about receivers with London and guys like that. Rasheed Rice is in that mix as far as kind of waiver wiry guys over the past month ago. So I, I'm starting both. I have more confidence in Pittman right now over Downs, but it's close. Yep, that gap is narrowing here. I will agree with you. It is still Pittman over downs for me. However, both I do think are very solid plays this week, even in a tough matchup up against the New Orleans Saints mm -hmm. secondary. And then at the tight end position here, Taysom Hill. What are we doing with Taysom Hill? <laughs> the look on your face said everything. Uh, what are we doing with Taysom Hill this week from a fantasy standpoint? I mean, he's becoming a thing, is he not? Like, if you could tell me we're getting four targets, four rush attempts, and a pass per game, like that's a top 12 tight end. I get that Juwan Johnson 
hasn't been playing and who knows how that injury is going to play out. Are, is the target share going to remain what it is? I don't think so, but Derek Carr's not really stretching the f- the field much. And so that means Taysom Hill on these little bubble screens or short slants and all that good stuff, they're finding ways to keep him in- involved. And at the tight end position, it doesn't take much. Like handoffs yeah. are gold at the tight end position because you're gaining yards. Like it, it's just that simple. And he gets the valuable looks near the goal line. We see him taking direct snaps, all that good stuff. He's tight end 12 for me and I might not be high enough. Yeah, the the thing with Taysom Hill over the years has just been inconsistent usage. Like you'll see one week he gets ten touches, oh, yeah. and then the, and you're like, "All right, here we go." And then the next week it's down to one, right? And so it's just this ping ponging. I mean, you just never know when you're going to be able to start Taysom Hill. We could see that happen. This is a two game sample size, three game sample size where we've seen Taysom Hill heavily mm-hmm. involved here. So I do think that there is the possibility that this still comes crashing down. However. I do think that be, with them getting him onto the field as a slot receiver, we I don't think that we've seen that much here in the past too. So I do think that this usage is here to stay. I will start Taysom Hill here this week as well. He is within the top 12 discussion for me. Let's make a pick here in this one. Colts minus one and a half. Where are you going? I'll take the points and go with the Saints here. That I think that stack. Derek Carr does enough to get him home. All right, perfect. I will go the other. I was going the other side of it anyway, so I will go the Colts here minus one and a half. Jaguars at the Steelers. Jaguars minus two and a half here in this one. Trevor Lawrence into starting lineups here based on this matchup. Kenny Pickett not into starting lineups based on this matchup. Travis Etienne into starting lineups. The guy is absolutely on fire. Let's talk about the backfield here for Pittsburgh though. Najee Harris, Jalen Warren. They both found the end zone in Week Seven. What are we doing here with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren? Yeah, I mean, they both found the end zone, so the fantasy stat line looks okay, but I wasn't overly impressed. Jalen Warren's role in the receiving game dipped with Deontay Johnson back. That is terrifying because that's the one thing he was supposed to do at a high level. And Najee Harris still can't can't move the ball. I mean, we saw some explosive runs to start the season. That's beginning to regress. I, I have questions about his volume, about his upside, about this offense's overall ability to score. Jacksonville, a top five run defense in terms of yards per carry, both outside my top 30 this week. Yep, I have Anashi Harris at RB31 on the week, Jalen Warren at RB35. I will say, we'll get to him in a second, Deontay Johnson missing practice on Thursday with a hamstring injury, which is what he was on IR for. So Mm -hmm. that is something to monitor. We don't know if he suffered a setback here as we are recording this podcast. The wide receiver position for the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think Christian Kirk at this point, lock him into starting lineups. The dude is the wide receiver one for Trevor Lawrence and is getting the job done. Calvin Ridley. We talked about him a little bit earlier, but where exactly does he land in the rankings for you? 30 on the nose, and that is not a sentence I thought I'd be saying before Halloween, but here we are. They're clearly not going that way, or at least Trevor Lawrence isn't as comfortable. The catch rate, far down. I mean, Christian Kirk's been efficient this season. He was efficient last season. Zay Jones is going to be a thing eventually. Evan Ingram's there, and you mentioned Travis Etienne moving the ball. They don't need Kelvin Ridley right now. They're winning games without him. Like, what is the motivation to go to him in a significant way. He still has upside. Don't get me wrong, but he's, he's got upside the same way George Pickens does in this game. Like it's, they're in the same tier for me in this. I, if, if you want to roll the dice flex kind of spot, I think I would flex him in most situations, but it's close. Yeah. The only thing keeping Calvin Ridley at wide receiver 28 on the week here for me is the matchup up against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense that is allowing 35.5 fantasy points per game, which is the second most in the entire league year two opposing wide receivers this season. So that's the only thing that's keeping me at least somewhat interested here in Calvin Ridley. You mentioned the names, right? You mentioned Zay Jones is going to be a thing. He's got Evan Ingram to compete. 
they don't they're not looking Calvin Ridley's way. They're throwing to Jamal Agnew instead. Agnew. That's the big thing, right? That's the big red flag is that they're involving Jamal Agnew over Calvin Ridley. That makes me very, very concerned. However, because of the matchup, I'm at least willing to roll him out there as a wide receiver three option this week. As we look at the Steelers wide receivers here, let's assume that Deontay Johnson is going to play here for this question. Where does George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, where did they land in the rankings for you? I mean, Pickens averaged 4.3 catches when Johnson was out, and he's caught five balls in both games Johnson's played. So his volume, his efficiency, I'm not too concerned about changing one way or another. I have him 28, and I just said I had Calvin Ridley at 30. So I'm playing Pickens in that spot kind of regardless right now. Deontay Johnson's going to be outside the mix. He's a wide receiver 39 for me right now if he plays. Obviously, that changes if he doesn't because you're not going to produce if you don't play. But Deontay Johnson, he's, he's Michael Thomas to me. Like, he's not going to score. Yeah. You had the tweet, I think, right? Yeah. You, you tweeted it yeah. yesterday that it's only been like... Uh, His last touchdown was January go. 16th of 2022. Yeah, I've had two birthdays since then. <laughs> like, it's been a minute. Um, yeah, he's, he's going in the wrong direction here. If there's not that upside and we're not sure on the health, I don't know how you can play him, but he does at least earn a roster spot. He's, we, I thought he looked reasonably healthy in his return, which is a start. Right. I mean, the production wasn't bad. Five receptions, 79 yards for Deontay Johnson in his first week back. Like That's a, mm -hmm. that's a really solid stat line sure. if you can get the touchdown on top of it. However, just the touchdown is not there. You cannot bet on it here for Deontay Johnson. So let's assume that Deontay Johnson misses this game, though. George Pickens, does he move up the rankings at all for you? A touch. I mean, I just mentioned the catch rate and how similar yep. it was with or without him. Does he maybe move ahead of Cortland Sutton in my ranks or something like that. Maybe a spot or two, but he's still going to be in that flex tier regardless. Yep. All right. Uh, George Pickens at wide receiver 25 on the week here for me would maybe move up to wide receiver 22 on the week if Deontay Johnson is ruled out for this one. Evan Ingram into starting lineups. Jaguars minus two and a half. Where are you going here? Yeah, I mean, if if it's not Kyle picking the Jaguars, then what are we doing here? So Jags cover. Jags start doing something. Come on. Yep, I will go with the Jags here as well. Eagles at the Commanders. Eagles minus seven this week. Jalen Hurts not going to have that knee issue or whatever. Looked like it was bothering him last week. Keep him out of this matchup. Jalen Hurts into starting lineups here this week. And then Sam Howell has been doing enough. He had a down performance this past week, and then but now has just an absolutely brutal matchup. He is outside the top 15 quarterbacks on the week here for me. DeAndre Swift into starting lineups. Let's talk about the backfield here in Washington because we have to. Uh, Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, what are we doing here with these running backs? I mean, I, Gibson, I don't even know if he's roster worthy. Brian Robinson, he's been touchdown dependent, but he's been cashing in every single week, or at least it seems that way. A touchdown in five of seven games this week or this season, but the bottom's going to fall out sooner or later. The volume's dipping. The efficiency's not great. The role in the pass game can be hit and miss at times. So right now I've got him at 28. That's behind Ramondre Stevenson for me. And I just told you how I didn't like Ramondre at all. So Brian Robinson, about as low as I've ever had him this week or this season this week. I've got him at running back 28. I'm benching him if I have any other option. Do you know that Brian Robinson is the RB10 on the season in half PPR scoring formats? That doesn't surprise me. He's got He's scoring. Once that dries up, 10's going to 40 in a hurry. It does not feel like Brian Robinson wow. is the running back 10 in fantasy football because I've ranked him like the RB24, mm -hmm. 30, 35 the past several weeks here. Brian Robinson at RB30 on the week here in this matchup. No, thank you. So we look at the wide receivers here. AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. AJ Brown, obviously, into starting lineups here this week. I do want to talk about Devontae Smith. 
what do that panic level that concern level i feel like is starting to grow the more and more that we see aj brown continue to dominate and the production just not there for Devonte smith is he still a locked in starter for you i've got him fringe top 20 now which yeah still locks him in but yeah there's no no question that the the concerns growing there i've got him behind guys like christian kirk where the volume and efficiency is there I got him behind Adam Thielen, where the volume and the efficiency is there. I got him behind Zay Flowers and guys like that. Like, it, it isn't comfortable right now. He's not getting the chances to produce. We saw him produce early, and then you get the A.J. Brown squeaky wheel thing, and that's been going, you know, only for a historic run here. Right. Uh, does it rubber band eventually? It does, and I want to be there for it. But I can't say with confidence that it's necessarily going to happen this week. All Washington does is try to hold on to the ball when they play Philly. Could limit the number of possessions. Is he capable of a four-catch, 120-yard game? Of course he is, but not the greatest of spots if you don't – but you're not going to have other options. So there's right. nothing really actionable other than I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm cautiously optimistic moving forward. Uh, as we look at Washington, the wide receiver position here, is it now just only Terry McLaurin that we have to talk about from a fantasy standpoint? Like, are we getting to that point where we only have to talk about Terry McLaurin? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we're there. Curtis Samuel not doing enough. And Jahan Dotson, again, he's going to have a split. I put it on the board right now. It's before Halloween. He will have two massive plays at some point this season. And you'll be like, oh, man, I missed 15 points on my bench. Right. I have no idea when that's going to happen. And I've watched Jahan Dotson as long as anybody because he played for Penn State. He played here. He had a good rookie year. Yada, yada, yada. You can't play Jahan Dotson. And I'm not even rostering him because when he has that explosion week, I'd rather see it on the wire than on my right. bench. Right. Uh, Terry McLaurin, wide receiver 22 on the week for me. Curtis Samuel, wide receiver 47. He did miss practice on Wednesday, did return in a limited fashion here on Thursday. Uh, and then Jahan Dotson at wide receiver 61 on the week for me. So Jahan Dotson, barely rosterable at this point. I do think that there are other players that you can go with that have a little bit more of a proven path for upside. At the tight end position, Dallas Goddard locked into starting lineups. We talked about Logan Thomas on the Start Sit podcast where he had one down week. And of course, that was the week that we all confidently recommended him to start. And then we were like, ah, maybe we shouldn't do this anymore. And then last week, he has a pretty solid week as well. What are we doing with Logan Thomas this week? Yeah, I've got him at 13. Like, it's not the utmost confidence or anything like that, but you could do worse at the position. I've got him ahead of Jake Ferguson, got him ahead of my guy, Gerald Everett. So I, the volume, I think, is reasonably safe and just the path to getting those looks in this game where we think Sam Howell is going to be under pressure all day. Logan Thomas's ADOT is lower than any of the receivers. Uh, that's what I'm looking for in my fantasy football tight end is uh, you could do worse at the position. Thank you, Kyle. Oh, yeah. I appreciate the I advice. Uh, Eagles minus seven here in this one. I will go with the Eagles to cover this one, even though, like you said, Washington does hold on to that ball quite a bit. Try to keep it out of Jalen Hurts' hands. The talent level between these two rosters is drastic. I will go with the Eagles. Where are you going? This has push written all over it. So I'll take, no, yeah. I'm not taking push. I'll take the commanders and say they lose by six or five. I think it's a close one, lower scoring, yeah. or the Eagles blow them out. But yeah, give me the commanders. All right, let's move on to Texans at the Panthers here. We got the number two and number one overall picks here from the 2023 NFL Draft facing off against one another, uh, once another, against one, one another, goodness, <laughs> off of a bye, my word. Okay, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, how are we approaching these guys from a fantasy standpoint? Because I do feel like they could be considered here for fantasy rosters. Yeah, I mean, I'm higher on Bryce Young than most. I've got him inside my, just inside my top 12. So that's an option, but I think CJ Stroud, Really deserves to kind of be locked in across the board here. He's my quarterback eight this week. He's been a top 12 guy in three of his last four games. And the floor is just so high given the volume that he's operating at right now. 
You think Tank Dell's back. Dalton Schultz is moving up. I like C.J. Stroud as a start in all formats this week. I do as well. I've got C.J. Stroud at quarterback nine on the week here, and then I'm a little bit lower on Bryce Young. I've got him at quarterback 18. I get the I get the argument there uh, in this matchup up against Houston. However, I cannot trust him just yet based on what I've seen here. However, I do like one of his wide receivers a whole hell of a lot in this, in this matchup. Uh, we'll get to him in a second. Damian Pierce here. I think you need to get Damian Pierce into your starting lineup this week, man. Ooh. This matchup is fantastic. Damian Pierce at RB22 on the week here for me. Where are you going with Damian Pierce? He's 28 for me. So he's on the wrong side of the Ramondre Stevenson RB27 line. But explain this to me. What what does a ceiling game from Damian Pierce in 2023 look like? Uh, the argument is that the Denver Broncos are allowing 33.8 fantasy points per game to the two opposing running backs so far this season. The close, the next closest team is the Carolina Panthers with 31.5 fantasy points per game. Then it goes down to the Green Bay Packers at 24. So if we didn't have the Denver Broncos being historically bad, we would be talking a lot more about the Carolina sure. Panthers defense as a terrible defense uh, and giving up a ton of fantasy points to opposing running backs. That's the argument. I mean, Damian Pierce coming off of a bye, getting that offensive line a little bit more healthy here with that rest. I think that he's a very, very solid play here this week. I'm, I'm getting Damian Pierce in the starting lineups. Okay. I, I'll take your word for it. You're the Damian Pierce guy. So I I get the angle here. And you have to think that they're playing with a lead, which would help Pierce. Right. Uh, as we look at the Carolina Panthers backfield here, what are we doing with Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard? How are we approaching this? I mean, I think you got to bench both if you can. I, you might not have that luxury, but I don't know how you can feel confident in either. I have them ranked basically back-to-back right now, just outside my top 30. They're the same as the Steeler running backs. I don't know the volume yeah. or the efficiency or the value of these touches. I don't think this offense is going to be a great running option here. And that's part of the math behind my, my ranking of Bryce Young. Like, if I don't think they can run the ball, they're going to be throwing. And that means a lot of passes to Adam Thielen, which right now, those are just racking up fantasy points. Right. I. It's funny. You said the Pittsburgh Steelers backfield. Like, there's a four-spot difference between, you know, Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. And there's a four-spot difference between Chuba Hubbard and Miles Sanders. And you just slide it down a little bit down the rankings there. Uh, both bad offenses here. Yeah, I, I don't think that you have to get either one of these guys into starting lineups. Coming off the bye, Nico Collins. Is he back into starting lineups here as a top? 24 play i think he's got to be he's not the wide receiver one with a high floor that we love but that kind of comes with having a rookie quarterback i've got him a wide receiver 21 this week over guys like mclaurin and Pittman. so yeah i think he's still locked in the lineups all right and then we didn't have tank dell the last time that we saw the houston texans offense out there on the field but is tank dell back in the starting lineups here this week as a flex option He's not. He's up and down as it is, and I think Dar Dalton Schultz is coming for that number two role in this offense. Can they sustain three viable pass catchers? I don't know. Tank Dell is going to have these splash plays, which is great, but it's not really sustainable. I have Tank Dell outside my top 35 this week. All right. Where does Adam Thielen land in the rankings for you in week eight? I assume I'm going to be lower than you on him. I've got him 17. Like, I, oh, there's still some concerns here about a rookie quarterback, yada, yada, yada. But the floor is just so high right now. I've got him at 17. I'm going to say that's probably 10 spots lower than you have him. Uh, I have Adam Thielen at wide receiver 12 on the week. Okay. Here's the confusing part, though, Sapi. You have Bryce Young at quarterback 12 on the week, or you know, you have him as a very solid option, but then you don't have Adam Thielen. Where else is the ball going? I, I you just spread it around. It's not going anywhere else on a consistent basis, and maybe I'm wrong on Thielen. Maybe I'm too low on him. The ranking on Thielen is less about Thielen and more about my trust in both Rams or Jamar Chase and Zay Flowers and Chris Olave bounce back. Like there's, 
start people out there hear wide receiver 17 and they don't understand unless you're sitting down to do the process of actually ranking these guys how many good receivers there are in our game today right yeah you're looking at guys like you know we've talked about chris olave at wide receiver 14 mike evans from uh thursday night football at wide receiver 13 in my rankings and you got jalen waddle christian kirk zay flowers Mm -hmm. like we all really really like those options here and those make up that difference from 12 to 17 i'm just having a little bit more confidence in the target volume for adam thielen over the rest of those guys but they all possess plenty of upside here you mentioned dalton schultz here as a very solid option where does he land in the rankings for you yeah, I think he's going to be on the fringe for a top 10 the rest of the way. He's my tight end 10 exactly in this matchup. Like I said, I think you've got six, seven, eight tight ends that you feel good about. Then you've got a little mini tier of like two or three. And then you've got the blob from like 14 <laughs> the to, blob. to 28. Yeah, it's a blob. It's not a tier. A tier isn't that big or that murky. So it's a blob, a blob of tight ends. But Dalton Schultz is just ahead of the blob of tight ends. I love that description. We're going to use that for the rest of the year here as we get through. As we get into tight end 10 through 24, what does the blob look like for you this week? Uh, Dalton Schultz also into the top 12 consideration for me in starting lineups here this week. Texans minus three in this one. Where are you going? I'll take the Texans here. I think CJ Stroud's ahead of Bryce Young right now. Yep, I will agree here as well. I cannot bet on the Panthers to do anything here this year. Browns at the Seahawks here. Seahawks minus four. We are most likely, I believe that he's been actually ruled out here at the time of recording. No Deshaun Watson here this week. So we are going to see PJ Walker again here. Geno Smith. We'll talk about him from a quarterback perspective. Geno Smith in this tough matchup up against the Cleveland Browns, even though we saw Gardner Minshew do some good things here against them this past week. Are you looking at Geno Smith? No, no, I'm not. This Browns defense is great. Gardner Minshew's better than Geno Smith at this rate. Geno Smith regressing in a major way. We don't know that DK Metcalf's fully healthy. There's too many red flags here. You don't need to go to Geno Smith with no teams on a bye. I'm not sure you need to go to him in a week with four teams on a bye. All right. At the running back position here for the Cleveland Browns, no Jerome Ford here in this one. So what are we doing here with Kareem Hunt, Pierre Strong? How are we approaching this backfield? I get the feeling like you might be a little higher on Pierre Strong than I am. I have Kareem Hunt inside my top 25, just barely, but I do think he's a viable starter. We know the pass catching role can be there, and if he's getting 65% of the running back carries to me, that's enough against the Seattle defense. It isn't bad, but one of the worst red zone defenses in the league, which opens up the avenue to scoring. I don't know that Cleveland's going to move the ball with any kind of frequency, but I think Hunt leads, gets somewhere in the 14 to 18 touch range, and to me that's enough to be a starter. Kareem Hunt at RB27 on the week here for me currently, uh, and then Pierre Strong at RB41. So I do think that Pierre Strong is someone worth rostering here as we go into this one, if you do have the space on your bench, uh, just to see how this all kind of shakes out, especially if Jerome Ford is going to miss the next one to two weeks. Sounds like he's going to avoid IR here, but mm-hmm. if he mixes the, misses the next couple of weeks, Pierre Strong worth keeping an eye on in this one. However, I am not necessarily going to roll that dice. We have no idea how this backfield is going to shake out. Kenneth Walker missing practice on Wednesday and Thursday with a calf injury. Injury. looks like this could be potentially a rest situation for Kenneth Walker. Monitor the practice reports here from Friday and come back on Sunday morning. But coming off of a 28-touch performance in week seven, I think that it's just merely a rest situation here for Agreed. Kenneth Walker. If he plays, he's into starting lineups. At the wide receiver position, what do we do with Amari Cooper this week? I mean, I think we've got versions of Amari Cooper all over the NFL right now. You've got Garrett Wilson, DJ Moore, and Amari Cooper, who I shift in a tier of three up and down my rankings like they're tied tied together they're all the same thing they're wide receiver ones with no faith at the quarterback position to me that's it's 35 36 37 in my ranks this week with cooper being the lowest at 37 
Yeah, they're all the Spider-Man meme pointing yeah. at one another here with uh, <laughs> with uh, the quarterback situations here. Incredibly talented wide receivers. However, you cannot trust them from a fantasy standpoint. As we look at the Seattle Seahawks wide receivers here, Tyler Lockett also missing practice with a hamstring injury on Wednesday and Thursday. Monitor the practice reports here. If he does play, again, we talked about this on the Start Sit podcast, it's Tyler Lockett. You have no idea what to expect from him any given week. Kind of got to rank him at like wide receiver 33 on the week mm -hmm. here. And just you might get a top 10 performance. You might finish outside of the top 60. That's what we get here with Tyler Lockett. DK Metcalf did return to a full practice on Thursday. Looks like he's going to be good to go in this one, even with a tougher matchup. And Geno Smith struggling a little bit here. Are you still looking at DK Metcalf as a solid play? Yeah, yeah, I am. He's borderline top 20 guy for me so he's a wide receiver too in most formats he comes with the scoring upside obviously the injury concern isn't ideal so maybe pay attention to reports if he's limited or questionable or things like that and you want to pivot for a guy like Jordan Addison like I'd understand it I don't have it ranked that way because the upside the DK possesses but I, I get it if you're nervous and want to go that direction all right and then at the tight end position here David Njoku you have talked about David Njoku as outside of the top 15 tight ends on the week here let's make a pick in this one Seahawks minus four feel like this has the potential to grow a lot higher as we get closer to Sunday where are you going in this one I uh I'll give me the points I'll take the Browns here just thinking that that wow. defense yeah that defense is that good maybe they can keep them down and make this a field goal game let's go no, give me the Seahawks in this one. I will go against PJ Walker here, especially the Seahawks at home. Chiefs versus the Broncos in this one. Only Chiefs minus seven and a half. That one doesn't make a ton of sense to me. No. Uh, Patrick Mahomes into starting lineups here. Russell Wilson, is he on the streaming radar in this one? Last time we saw him was yeah. 95 passing yards. Yeah, no, and not that last time dictates everything here, but he's quarterback 14 for me. If you want to play that, he's going to be behind trailing narrative, all that stuff. I get it. They had more rushing attempts than pass attempts in the first game. My guess would be that that would be the game plan this time around too. I mean, like you said, he could add 150 passing yards to his last matchup and he still wouldn't matter. So give me a guy. I have Bryce Young ranked ahead of him. All right, let's look at the running back position here. Isaiah Pacheco at this point, I think, is locked into starting lineups here, especially in this matchup. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Uh, let's talk about the Denver Broncos backfield here. Javante Williams, Jaleel McLaughlin. We talked about Javante Williams on the Start Sit podcast. If memory serves correctly, you had a little bit more confidence in Javante Williams. Where does he land in the rankings? Yeah, I'll back it up there. He's a top 20 guy for me. I think he's distancing himself in this backfield we'll see McLaughlin's not going to go completely away and Samaji Piran might be the most annoying thing in fantasy right now because he's he's no threat to offer any value of his own but he is sure as hell a good bet for five to eight touches when I want Javante getting him but right it is what it is Javante Williams I think is in a good spot for an offense that needs to run the ball to remain remotely competitive. Like like I said, they had more rush attempts than pass attempts in the first meeting, and they didn't really have a chance at winning that game, but they kept it closer than people thought. I think you see something similar. If it's 18 carries for 60 yards, and you're hoping for a touchdown. Would you go Javante Williams this week, or would you go Gus Edwards up against the Arizona Cardinals? I've got Javante three spots higher, but you're in the right tier here with the low-end running back two situation. Edwards, I like. I like in this spot quite a bit. But you can't deny the scoring upside that Lamar Jackson potentially takes away from him. I don't think Russ really does that for Javante. I've got Javante Williams at RB24 on the week here. So within the top 24 plays, obviously. But, I mean, it's one tier with Javante Williams, Ramondre Stevenson, Kareem Hunt, Daryl mm -hmm. Henderson. If you want to go Daryl Henderson over Javante Williams here this week, I won't fault you uh, one bit. Wide receivers here. 
I will give you the opportunity, as I do every single week, to wax poetically about your love for Rasheed Rice. Where does he land in the rankings? He's really freaking good, people. Like, this <laughs> isn't a fluke. And I get that he's going to have a down week eventually, or he's not going to score, or he's not going to turn six catches into five, or five, six targets into five catches and a touchdown, things like that. He's not going to be that efficient always. But guess what? He plays for Patrick Mahomes, so maybe he will be. But the volume is going to improve with time. He's a top 25 for, guy for me. He's right in the Jordan Addison tier. Everybody saw Jordan Addison break out. And like, oh, yeah, Jordan Addison, top 20 guy. Come on. Rasheed Rice deserves just as much attention. He's got a better quarterback throwing him the rock. He's got the wide receiver one role. To me, unquestioned now. I don't get how that could possibly be a question. He is inside my top 30 this week, next week. Christmas week, Rasheed Rice, a top 30 guy for me. Uh, we saw his snap share increase to 59% here this past week, which was the highest that he's had all mm -hmm. season long. So we're starting to see that evolve. And then the big thing for Rasheed Rice, though, is his involvement in the red zone. Like, despite not oh, yeah. having the snap count that a lot of the other players in at the wide receiver position do, uh, he is getting heavily, heavily targeted in the red zone, has the potential to find the end zone here every single week. Rasheed Rice, though, the target volume scares me a little bit. I need to see that target volume hit like eight, nine consistently before I can move him into the top 30. I've got him at wide receiver 34 on the week here. Let's go to the Broncos wide receivers, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. What are we doing with these guys? I mean, you have to bench Judy right now, don't you? I mean, he hasn't been a yeah. top 30 receiver this season, like oh, a yep. single week. Like you're looking for a single spike play or something. It doesn't take that much. One big play gets you into the top 30. We've seen Marvin Mims do it in this offense. So Jerry Judy, clearly not happy. Maybe he gets traded. We'll see on that front as the week progresses here. But Jerry Judy is outside my top 35. Like I would rather play Michael Thomas and take my medicine and go about my business that way. Uh, Jerry Judy at wide receiver 46 on the week here for me, Michael Thomas at wide receiver 43. Uh, mm -hmm. I would be looking definitely at Josh Downs over him, even Marquise oh, yeah. Brown. Uh, we'll yep. get to that game here in a little bit, but I would definitely be looking at those guys over Judy in this one. Cortland Sutton at wide receiver 27 on the week here for me. Uh, let's go to the tight end position here is obviously Travis Kelsey and Greg Dulcich is on IR. So that <laughs> wraps that up. Great. Uh, Chiefs minus seven and a half in this one. Where are you going? Yeah, you hinted at the Chiefs and I'm going to take I'll go with you there. I mean, the, this number's actually moving the other direction. When I wrote up the column a few days ago, it was eight. So it's coming back a little bit here, but give me the Chiefs. That always terrifies me. I know. Like, what do you know that I don't? <laughs> but because all logic says this is going to be a massive blowout here in this one, I will go with the Chiefs as well. Ravens at the Arizona Cardinals. Ravens minus nine and a half in this one. We are, the Arizona Cardinals are about to meet a buzzsaw in this one. Uh, Lamar Jackson into starting lineups here this week. We're keeping an eye on Kyler Murray. It, he's practicing in full, no injury limitations whatsoever. However, it would shock me immensely if he made it back here for this matchup. I do think that we're gonna have to wait just a couple weeks here before we get Kyler Murray back. But if he's out there on your waiver wire, go pick him up right now. Gus Edwards, we talked about him a little bit earlier. Let's break that down. Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, this Ravens backfield in a great matchup against the Arizona Cardinals. Where did they land? Yeah, Gus is distancing himself in this backfield and moves into my top 24. I've got him at running back 22, just ahead of Aaron Jones and Kareem Hunt, guys of that ilk. He, listen, an 80-yard catch last week, not always going to happen. He might not even see a target for, like, November. Like, that is within his skill set here. Justice Hill is going to get those looks. 
but he's distancing himself when it comes to carries, to red zone carries, all that good stuff. Lamar Jackson playing at MVP level is going to have this offense in position to score early and often. I'll trust the process when it comes to that. Gus Edwards running back 22 for me. You had Lamar Jackson as an MVP candidate coming into the year, right? That was one I, of your calls? I have actual dollars on it, so I would love to see that happen. <laughs> I, I figured because every time that you talk about Lamar Jackson, you mentioned the word uh, MVP course, candidate playing at an MVP level. MVP is somewhere within there. So I'm like, he's reaffirming some sort of take that he had. It was oh, yeah. in my in the, uh, in the my mind there. Uh, I guess I was at RB21 on the week here for me as well. I think a very, very solid play. Uh, as we look at the Arizona Cardinals backfield here, Amari DiMercato, we talked about him a little bit earlier he's not within the top 24 running backs for you though is he no i've got him at 30 i mean the i think the role is his like that's more than we could have said a week ago but no I mean, in this spot against the best yards per play defense in the league amari Don Mercado, he's a desperation play but again no teams are on a bye you're not stuck you don't have to go this deep yep agreed uh wide receiver position we talked about zay flowers on the start sit podcast get him into starting lineups here this week love the opportunity that he has here in this matchup as a top 20 play marquise brown revenge game narrative here going back up against the baltimore ravens however this Ravens secondary is absolutely no joke here what are we doing with marquise brown yeah no i mean the revenge narrative's fun and maybe he he gets hyped for this but i can't there's no spot in my spreadsheet for is this a revenge game check this box and up upgrade his uh projection 15 percent. so no i'd rather the floor that comes with a guy like michael thomas i know we just talked about him and this tier of garrett wilson dj moore amari cooper i have all those guys over hollywood this week did we not tell you about the new feature of the start set optimizer that we have over at pro football network uh pfnfantasy.com it's absolutely free tool you should absolutely use it here uh a brand new feature of it is a revenge game where we boost the projections it's right there at the bottem of it and it boosts them up by five uh five fantasy points there yeah it's a really really cool feature i missed that yeah no marquise brown wide receiver 36 on the week here for me not into starting lineups in this one mark andrews definitely into starting lineups obviously and then trey mcbride Derek talked about him on, and I think it's the correct call on the Start Sit podcast of, listen, Trey McBride, excited for him, not starting him here in this matchup. However, I am picking him up. Do you agree with that? Yeah, he's a blobby tight end. Him <laughs> and 27 others. Uh, right now, he can't distance himself, but yeah, it's not a good matchup. The role being his, like, could we see something pseudo what Dalton Kincaid did when the role opened up? Maybe. But to me, he's going to be, at best, he's, he ends up being a high-end streamer once he gets a better matchup. Listen, I'm really, really excited for Trey McBride. The talent level is just off the charts and was really excited for him coming into the 2022 NFL draft. Landed behind Zach Ertz. We haven't seen him on the field practically since that point. Uh, however, if we do get Kyler Murray returning here to the lineup soon, Trey McBride would not... It would not shock me if he moves into the top 10 tight end conversation here if he just completely takes over this tight end room even when Zach Ertz does return. So Trey McBride here, a very, very solid pickup. Picking him up if I've got the spot. Uh, Ravens, minus 9.5 in this one. Where are you going? Yeah, I mean, the NFL feels like a leagues of haves and have nots. So I'm going to take the haves here and lay the big number. Yeah, listen, I, I mentioned it off the top. They're going to run into a buzzsaw. The Ravens are firing on all cylinders right now. And the crazy part is, and it's been talked about here this week, they still have room to grow and fix some things here to get even better. Yeah. Uh, I will go with the Ravens here to cover nine and a half as well. Cincinnati Bengals at the San Francisco 49ers. No Brock Purdy in this one. Let's talk about Joe Burrow, though. What are we doing with Joe Burrow coming off of the bye in a tough matchup up against the San Francisco 49ers? 
it's a tough matchup and it's got to be a trust fall to some degree because we haven't seen him in a week you don't know how healthy he is you don't know how healthy t higgins is so how is this offense gonna function i i can't say with confidence that i know i have him at quarterback 12 that puts him on the radar if you have him and your backup option is a russell wilson or sam howell guys that you've been streaming and patchworking it together i prefer burrow to those guys but i i can't put him in my top 10 the back end of my top 10 is kirk cousins and i prefer him to burrow would you go joe burrow or would you go bryce young this week now i've got bryce young at 11 and burrow at 12 so there you go oh okay that is not close for me i'll go joe burrow at quarterback 10 on the week bryce young at quarterback 18 i will go with burrow here even in a tougher matchup and listen like we just saw kirk cousins dice up this defense sure this defense isn't like it's it's a really really good defense like don't get me wrong however it is not a like 85 bears defense right where it's just like you avoid this at all costs i do do think burrow has the skill set and talent to be able to get this done quarterback 10 on the week here for me as we look at the 49ers quarterback situation and we'll talk about how this affects things but Brock Purdy dealing with a concussion most likely I don't think it's been officially ruled out here yet but we're going to see Sam Darnold in this one which is going to affect a lot of the analysis here as we move throughout the rest of the 49ers offense Joe Mixon we've talked about him on the start sit podcast at RB 17 on the week here for me tougher matchup I do think that he is worth starting here you had Joe Mixon a little bit higher in the rankings though correct 15 but yeah top 20 either way starting him all right, and then Chris McCaffrey, uh, groundbreaking analysis. You are getting him into starting lineups here. Jamar Chase into starting lineups. T. Higgins, what are we doing with T. Higgins here? Still dealing with that rib injury, not fully at 100% here. Where does he land in the rankings for you? If you gotta play him, you do, but I don't think you're going to be in that spot. He's wide receiver 32 for me. Just offers more downside than upside until we see it. I understand that he had the one big game earlier this season, but we've seen the floor, and the floor is terrifying. Right now, I'd rather... Rather roll the dice on my guy Rishi Rice or Cortland Sutton or Drake London or George Pickens, guys like that, that at least have access to a ceiling that we've seen more recently. T. Higgins and Rasheed Rice back-to-back in the rankings here for me. I do think that you can go with Rasheed Rice over T. Higgins. I will mm-hmm. agree with you there. Uh, Debo Samuel out for this one. So Brandon Ayuk is going to be the wide receiver one. We saw Jawan Jennings heavily involved here this past week, but not projecting that consistently moving forward. However, it is Sam Darnold. Where do we put Brandon Ayuk with Sam Darnold as his quarterback? I wish I could lend some insight here, but we've <laughs> only seen him throw the one pass last week. Like we don't have much of a sample size to go on here. So I'm keeping Ayuk inside my top 20, understanding that he's been a great target earner when Debo's been off the field. We've seen his volume increase. We've seen his efficiency increase when Debo doesn't suit up. I'm going to hope that stands. Sam Darnold isn't isn't good but he's not that that bad so I'm hoping he can get Ayuk the ball this isn't a situation where we have to pick two out of the three 49ers like Debo's out so at least that's a nice baby step here to get Ayuk into some nice volume I've got him at wide receiver 17 that's right around Devonta Smith who offers similar ceiling floor situation and listen, if this was a different offense with Sam Darnold at the quarterback and it was Brandon no Ayuk, like yeah. I would have, like I would be completely avoiding. However, this is the San Francisco Kyle Shanahan system where the he literally tells the quarterback, throw it right here at this time and you'll be fine. And I think that Brandon Ayuk has proven this season that he can get open with regularity. I, I'm still playing Brandon Ayuk. I, listen, it's Sam Darnold. I don't have full confidence, but at the same time, like you're still playing him because of the upside that he presents and no Debo Samuel, George Kittle into starting lineups here, regardless, just based on the talent level. And you never know when it's going to be a George Kittle three touchdown performance. 49ers minus four in this one. Where are you going? 
The number's tanking, but I'm going to take the Bengals anyway. They've been a good ATS team with Joe Burrow, and it's Joe Burrow against Sam Darnold. Like, I'm not going to overthink this one. Yep, I'm not overthinking it as well. I will go with the Bengals here as well. Bears at the Chargers. Chargers minus eight in this one. Justin Fields out for this one, so we are going to see Tyson Badgett yet again here. Justin Herbert into starting lineups here against the Chicago Bears defense. The running back position for the Chicago Bears. Roshan Johnson, most likely going to be back here for this one as he has... Uh, he's returned to practice here. I don't I don't remember if he has officially cleared concussion protocol, but believe he has, has. Re uh, returned to practice here. It looks like he's on track to play in this one. What are we doing here with the backfield? If it's not completely Deonta Foreman here this week, even though like if it was just Deonta Foreman, I was going to be very confident in starting him here up against the Chargers defense. Now it's a mixture of this backfield. What are we doing with both these guys? Yeah, I mean, you're telling me we have a NFC North situation where we don't know the, where the carries are going? This that sounds crazy to me. We haven't had that in Green Bay at points or Detroit or whatever. I mean, it's it's not that much different than that. I don't think Foreman's great, but he's produced well. Roshan Johnson obviously missing two and a half weeks with this concussion. There's no way he's going to be thrust into a lead, lead role. I do think he's a better talent. That doesn't mean he's going to be featured this week. You're asking me questions about week eight, not week 11 here. So I have Foreman ranked a little bit higher. He's running back 22 for me. Roshan comes in just outside my top 30. Yep, I do think you can still look Deontay Foreman's way here. Uh, however, there is much more downside uh, with him and that role because we've talked about we Roshan Johnson. I mean, we've mentioned his name on essentially every single podcast so yeah. far this year that the potential is there for Johnson to emerge and take over this backfield. However, just again, coming off of that injury come or the concussion, haven't seen him in a while. We don't know what that workload is going to be. And Austin Eckler, I mean, I'll just phrase it this way. Eckler still in locked into starting lineups. We still need to have complete confidence in him, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, there's no reason to get cute here. We saw the low volume in the past game last week. We saw it back in 2021. He started the season with a zero target game. He went on to score at least 10 half-point PPR points through the air alone over the next month. So it's, it's going to regress. Don't worry about it. All right, and then DJ Moore here with Tyson Badgett as his quarterback. Uh, what are we doing with DJ Moore in a great matchup? You're keeping him attached to the Garrett Wilson, Amari Cooper part in the ranks here outside my top 30. You're not playing him if you don't have to. I prefer Josh Downs in this game. I prefer Josh Palmer. I will disagree with you slightly. I've got DJ Moore at wide receiver 23 on the week. Wow. So okay. I think the target volume is there. The matchup is there. I do think that, and we heard this from the Chicago Bears skill players here this past week that they didn't need to open up the offense last week with Tyson no. Badgett. Like it was a very, very low a dot game for, for Badgett here in his rookie uh, debut. But I think there's more in the cards here for this offense. And we could see them open things up. If we do expect Los Angeles to get out ahead, then we're seeing Chicago play from behind the volume I think is there for DJ okay. Moore. So I will be, I'll vary from you a little bit. I've still got DJ Moore as a top 24 play here this week. Keenan Allen into starting lineups. Joshua Palmer has been getting it done now he is dealing with a little bit of an injury coming into this one so we'll monitor the practice reports however if he plays in this one i'm getting him into starting lineups what about you yeah right now i'm playing him over tyler lockett like that's where i have him ranked 31 yep. 32 back to back this week at a good matchup he's clearly separated himself from quentin johnson or anybody else that wants to try to be the wide receiver to mike williams replacement in los angeles there to me it's you're getting into the conversation with him and Calvin Ridley or him and Drake London. If you want to do it, I can't fault you. All the signs are there. He's making plays and getting looks. 
Yep, Joshua Palmer. We need to change the perception. I just wrote an article here on pfnfantasy.com about should you start Joshua Palmer in week eight, and I talked about the narrative and perception surrounding him, and I think that's carrying over from last year. He's the wide receiver two with Keenan Allen drawing the wide receiver one attention. He's getting it done. He needs mm -hmm. to be into starting lineups here as we move forward. Cole Komet, not doing a ton here to get into starting lineups. And then Gerald Everett, you mentioned that he is a little bit lower down the rankings, just a streaming option in this one, correct? Yeah, I mean, the volume wasn't there. I get that he scored, but the roll, the routes, all that stuff is kind of not really checking the boxes right now. So I'll pass on my love for Gerald Everett this week. Cole Komet and Gerald Everett firmly in the blob here for week eight. Chargers <laughs> minus eight in this one. Where are you going? I mean, I love the Chargers, but you can't give eight points if you're the freaking Chargers. Every game's played within three, let alone seven. So I'll take the Bears and hold my nose. Oh, well, my philosophy here uh, to bet against the Bears uh, is going to remain true in this one. As okay. much as I do not want to confidently bet on the Chargers minus eight, I will go with them here. Uh, let's go to Las Vegas Raiders at the Detroit Lions in this one. Lions minus eight on Monday Night Football. Jared Goff, disappointing week last week. Again, the buzzsaw that is the Baltimore Ravens. However, man, I think that he needs to be in the starting lineups here this week up against the Las Vegas Raiders. Where does he land in the rankings for you? He's quarterback seven. I mean, all they do is score 30 points and Jared Goff goes off at home. Like it's really that simple. Obviously home field doesn't matter that much, but the Raiders do. They're terrible. They're not playing any kind of defense here. Amon Ra's healthy. They're running the ball fine with Gibbs back there instead of Montgomery. No concerns about starting Jared Goff this week. Could be a matchup decider on Monday night. That'd be a fun one. All right. Josh Jacobs into starting lineups for you. Yeah. Yeah, I got more questions this week about him than usual, and I get the efficiency concerns. Detroit's defense isn't bad at all, but yeah, I mean, you, you're not benching him. I don't, who would you be benching him right. for? That's the right. question. Right. That's really the main thing is that the Detroit Lions allowing the third fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs this season, like they have been shutting down opposing running games. I do think outside of last week, right? And I, we talked about this on the Start Sit podcast. I don't want to completely just like, take that as the sample size for Detroit and be like, this is what it is moving forward. I'm kind of wanting to take that and put it aside here for the Detroit Lions defense. However, are you playing Josh Jacobs or are you playing Gus Edwards? Are you playing Josh Jacobs? Or are you playing, you know, Rashad White last night? You know, like what? No, you're still playing Josh Jacobs here. RB 14 on the week for me at the running back position for the Detroit Lions, Jameer Gibbs. It looks like we're going to be without Dave Montgomery yet again this week, which is the expectation. If Montgomery misses, where does Jameer Gibbs land in the rankings for you? I mean, he's a fringe top 10 guy, no? Like, I, I don't know yep. what other boxes he needs to check. He looked good last week. He's the guy in an offense we trust and think is going to score 30 points. He's versatile enough. And Craig Reynolds does not scare me well, even a little bit to take any work off his plate. We heard Dan Campbell say, I want to feed him and feed him a lot. So I'm trusting him at this point. The implied uh, team point total here for Detroit, Las Vegas, allowing the fifth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. It's all lining up here for Jameer Gibbs to be a top 10 running back here this week. Wide receiver position, Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers were most likely going to get Jimmy Garoppolo back into the lineup here this week. What are we doing here with the Raiders wide receivers? What do you mean? What are you doing? You should be playing them every week. That's how we do this in the Vegas situation. Jacoby Myers has been great. Devontae Adams, I still trust. They didn't say they're going to trade him or anything like that, but the talent is there. The touchdown equity is there. I would love to get to the point where I'm ranking Myers over Adams. We're not quite there yet, <laughs> but I am starting both with confidence. Uh, Devontae Adams, wide receiver eight on the week here. With Jimmy Garoppolo being back, that makes a big difference for me where Devontae Adams would probably be a lot lower in the rankings here based on what he's done the past two weeks here. But Devontae Adams, wide receiver eight. Jacoby Myers, wide receiver 21, both into starting lineups here this week. Uh, Amon Rossing Brown into starting lineups. Jamison Williams, can we 
can we drop Jamison Williams at this point? I think so. I mean, a week like this is brutal for him because you're with everybody there. There's no reason to take a risk there. Is he going to make sense starting in week 13 when you're dealing with injuries? You've got bye weeks and you're a 14 point underdog. Then, like, there's a situation right. in which you play him or roster him and then start him. But no, there's no way he's cracking your starting lineup right now in any kind of average matchup. All right, and then at the tight end position here, Michael Mayer, uh, has he done enough to warrant consideration here as a streaming option? He's trying He's trying so hard to break out of the blob, but he's yep. still in there for me. If he can get up there, if we can see the volume kind of be consistent, then I'll buy it. But, I mean, you're talking about an offense that has two pass catchers ahead of him. You've got Josh Jacobs' role in this offense. There's only so much meat on the bone. Right now, Mayer is interesting, but I'd kind of draw the line of interesting as opposed to starting. Yep, that's exactly how I would classify it, too. He's interesting, but not starting him. Uh, and then Sam Laporta, man, just get him back in a starting line. Mm -hmm. This guy's been fantastic this year. Lions minus eight. I'll let you make the pick first. Garoppolo keeps everything close. If he's playing, I'm taking the points here. Give me the Raiders on Monday night to keep this close. Maybe not win, but maybe a backdoor situation. They're down, I don't know, 28 to 20 late, and they get a feel. They do something stupid in cover. Listen, I think that every single time that you've picked the Raiders so far this year, it has been incorrect. And I followed you oh, last yeah. week picking oh, yeah. the no, Raiders, and it just absolutely did not work out whatsoever uh, as the Bears steamrolled them. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Lions here. I'm going to go right. Lions minus eight to cover here in this one. All right, that'll do it. Week eight matchup previews podcast in the book. You're talking every single player in every single game. Make sure to go over to pfnfantasy.com. We have a ton of start sit articles that come out here. Everything that you need to dominate your matchup here this season can be found over at pfnfantasy.com. An amazing suite of tools, absolutely free. Make sure to go check that out. If you're still watching, you're over on YouTube. Hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and click that bell to get notified for when our new content drops. We appreciate all of the support. All right, that'll do it for Kyle Sapi. I'm Kyle Yates. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time.